Amen. Well, again, good morning. Happy New Year. It is good to see so many of you here today. And I want to invite you, if you have a Bible, to take it out. We are going about things a little bit differently this morning. I think Scott already indicated that in, uh, in, our, uh, in the announcement time at the beginning of the service. Um, so we have several good things coming. Of course, baptism is, is chief among them. But before we do that, I want you to make your way in your Bible with me just for a few minutes to Luke chapter 3. You would take out your Bible and meet me in Luke chapter 3. We're going to spend a little bit of time there together this morning because I know, I understand that what you're really here for is the baptisms and that is the, that's true for me as well. That's what I'm looking forward to. We say it often, uh, but it is really one of the very best things we do all year because it's not up to a preacher to open the Bible and preach the gospel. Uh, we have brothers and sisters in Christ who tell the gospel uh, in their own words and how Jesus, through the message of salvation, changed them. And so I'm very much looking forward to that and I don't intend to put it off any longer than absolutely necessary. But before we do that, before we go into what is such an important and, uh, and a special time, I believe it's also important. In fact, I'm convinced that it's important that we spend a few minutes in God's Word and then a few minutes after that uh, in a time of prayer. And that's not just to prepare for the baptism uh, and, and, and just all that's associated with that, but really, uh, as I see it, it's an opportunity for us to, in a spiritual way, as followers of Jesus, prepare ourselves, equip ourselves for the new year that's ahead of us. And again, whatever it is that God has in store for us as followers of Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, I'm going to do a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to read a brief passage of Scripture from here in Luke chapter 3. And I'm going to ask you a question that I just want you to think about for a couple of minutes, and I'll, of course, then explain why. But let me read the passage first. I'm in Luke chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. And I'm going to read through verse 22. The occasion here is John the Baptist, uh, the baptizer. His ministry is coming to a close. He is, in a sense, passing the baton off to Jesus. And so we're sort of picking the story up at that point in time. And beginning in Luke 3, 15, excuse me, this is what the Bible says. It says, now while the people, and that would be the people of Israel, people who had been listening, the massive crowds listening to John the Baptist, while the people were in a state of expectation... And all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ. John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the weed into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he, John the Baptist, preached the gospel to the people. But when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the wicked things Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven saying, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now that's the passage, here's the question. Who are you? I want you just to think for a moment about the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you that question. Who are 
you? If you were asked that question by a friend, by a stranger, how would you respond to what seems like a very simple question, but in a, in a certain respect, it's not a simple question at all. Because while I understand you have a name, and, and in most circumstances, if someone asks, who, who are you, you would respond by telling them your name. That's a, very, that's a very normal, ordinary, expected thing to do. I'm not really thinking so much about your name. Frankly, I know most of your names already. What I'm thinking about is the concept, the notion of your identity. I want you to think about your identity as a human being. Because my guess is that in large part, you would answer that question in terms of identity differently based on the context in which it was being posed to you. For instance, if you were in a work environment, you would probably, someone said, who are you? You would, or something like that, you would of course give them your name, but in a work environment, you would probably then identify yourself by your place of employment or the job that you do there. Well, I'm a school teacher, I'm, a, I'm an electrical engineer, I'm a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is, you would identify yourself by the job that you do, by the position you hold because in that context, that would be what is expected of you. Maybe you're a young person, you're at school, you're asked the question, who are you? You would probably again give your name, but then maybe you would identify yourself as, and I'm a third grader, or I'm a high school sophomore, or I'm, I'm in my last year of grad school at the University of Iowa, because again, in that context, that would be what is expected of you. Then of course, in the personal, more informal, who are you? Again, you'd answer with your name, but you would probably then at some point in the conversation identify yourself. Well, I'm a husband or a wife. I'm a parent. I'm a child. I'm the third of five kids in our family, whatever it is. You have an identity. And, and so in short, my, my point in asking you this question and asking you just to think about it is that there's really more than one way to answer the question, who are you? Now, the reason I'm asking it this morning is twofold. In part, I'm asking you the question because that is what baptism, again, what we're all here for this morning, that's what baptism is all about. Baptism is an act of personal identification with the person of Jesus Christ. It is a, a person's way of saying that by stepping into and then eventually being submerged under the waters of believer's baptism, what is happening in that moment is this. We don't think about it in real time, but this is, this is really what's going on. The person being baptized, man, woman, or child, is identifying really with three things. And, and you don't have to write these down, but I want you to think about them for a moment. Number one, you're identifying yourself with a, a messenger, and that's Jesus Christ. By being baptized, you are saying to friends, to church family, maybe to strangers here this morning, I have decided to follow Jesus, and I want to be known as his. You're identifying in baptism with a messenger. You are secondly identifying with that messenger's message. And that message is this, that though we are great sinners, that though I have discovered I am a great sinner, what's wrong with me is me, it's my sin. Jesus is a greater Savior. And I believe, I have chosen to believe that when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, he did that to rescue me from sin and give me the gift of eternal life. And then thirdly, you are identifying not just with a messenger and his message, but with a movement. Or you might say a mission. 
And that mission is what we as believers call the Great Commission. It's one of the last things Jesus said before he left the planet and went back to heaven. He said, go therefore into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching and baptizing them in the name, identifying with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So in part, I'm asking you the question, who are you? I'm asking you to think about identity because baptism is an act of identification. Those who are baptized today, nothing magic is going to happen to them, okay? Uh, but, but something very important is going to happen to them. They are marked by the waters of baptism as belonging to Christ. So that's part of the reason I ask you to think about the question. The other reason I ask you to think about that question, who are you, is because of how God the Father identified Jesus in this story. Look in your Bible if it's still open at verse 22. Actually, let's go to verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice, God the Father, came out of heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Let me ask you something. What more could anyone ever want to hear than that? I mean, if you really understand who Jesus is and who you are and the message of the gospel, what more important words of identification could you ever want to hear? You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And guess what? I am pleased with you. I know all about the messes you make. I know about the struggles you have. I know about your successes as well. I know everything about you. And guess what? I am pleased with you. Here's what I want you to know this morning. According to 1 John 3.1, it was written by the Apostle John, one who knew Jesus better than almost anyone, says this, that if you've trusted Christ as Savior, that is exactly who you are. If you have trusted Jesus as Savior, I don't care how, how recently or how long ago, I don't care how well your walk is going or how dry it may be today, Simply because you have been identified with Christ, this is true of you. Here's the verse. Here's what it says. It'll be on the screen so you can follow along. John says this, see, some translations say behold. I like that a little better. How great a love the Father has bestowed on, what's that next word? Say it again. Say it again. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. For such we are. Now, let me ask you the question again. Who are you? Who are you? If you know Jesus this morning, now we're all God's creation. But if you know Jesus this morning, if you have repented and trusted him, you're his child. And, and what's true of Jesus in terms of that relationship is, is true of you and me as well. You are his beloved daughter. You are his beloved son. And he is pleased with you. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of news I want to start this new year out with. That's the kind of reminder that I want to take hold of today. Even though I'm not being baptized, but I am a follower of Christ, as are so many of you. It's also a, a really, in, in a sense, a sober warning that if you don't know Christ, listen closely today because this is what you need more than anything else. 
and, and he wants to say it of you too. You are his beloved child. Now, in just a few minutes, we have three members of our church family who are going to do that. They are going to step into the waters of baptism. They are going to identify themselves with the messenger, the message, and the mission that Jesus gave us by being baptized. Um, but, but I don't want them to have all the fun today. I mean, they're going to have the most fun, all right? But I don't want them to have all the fun today. I wanted, because this is true of all of us as well, and, and in a way that's kind of the bummer of baptism. That's probably the wrong way to say it. <laughs> but I didn't write this part down, so bear with me. That may be the other side of baptism is, is you just do it once, you know, and so many of us were baptized other places and didn't have the chance to do it here with what is now our church family, but even so, we have an opportunity in a different way and, and in a very real way to identify with Christ this morning as well, and, and we're simply going to remember and reaffirm, really as the title of this little brief message says, that I am his and he is mine, that we are his and that he is ours, and specifically, we're going to do that in a time of prayer in just sort of two parts. Now, if you're a member of our church family, and by that I don't mean you've gone through membership, I just mean you show up here a lot, you've done this with us before, you've taken a few minutes in the service to pray with others around you, and we're going to do that as best we can, COVID permitting. If you've never done that before, uh, we're not here to freak you out, um, this may be different, um, and, and, and we, we just ask you to bear with us for a few minutes, but what I'm going to invite you to do in a minute is I'm going to give you a prayer prompt, in fact, it's already up there, so you can be thinking about it right now. I'm just going to ask you, if you're with your family, maybe just turn with them or, or your spouse. Again, we have to be very careful in these uncertain um, times, so if you don't feel comfortable just turning and praying with someone or just even being in a circle, and someone looks at you and says, join our circle, you can just do this, and we will take no offense, okay? So you can sit by yourself, and, and even if you find yourself in a circle, and you're like, I'm not a prayer, I'm not going to pray out loud, that's okay. God hears our silent prayers too, okay? And as I sometimes say, if nobody in your circle will pray, listen to the prayer, those prayers of the people next to you, and it'll be just fine. So you can do this silently, or you can do it aloud, just one after another around the circle. And I'm going to give you this prompt, and then we're going to go to another one. So I'm going to ask you right now, again, as best as you're able, just to turn to the person next to you that you are here with, or invite someone. I just don't want to see anybody hanging out by their lonesome uh, if they don't want to be. If they want to be, that's fine. But if you see a stranger, look on either side, look behind you, look in front of you, wave somebody your direction. You can stand up, okay? You don't have to do it. I mean, these pews are terrible for sitting to pray together. But turn around. Again, if you don't feel comfortable, just hold your hand up and say, sorry, not today. Okay? And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. We've talked about identity. Now, we are his, and, and then he is ours. It's in that direction. He is worthy, and we are needy. And so what I want to invite you to do, just in this circle for the next few minutes, right out loud, right where you are, is just start and finish this sentence. Lord, I am so glad that you are my. And if you want to do that and just add a single word, that's all you have to do. If you want to add more than that, you can add more than that. And if you need help, Vera, let's throw that next picture up there. Here's a whole bunch of things that God is, okay? Now you have no excuse. You've got something to work with here. So just pick something off that screen, maybe. And if you pray once and then somebody else says, and you want to pray again, that's fine. We're just going to do this for like three or four minutes. But let's acknowledge who we are in Christ and who he is to us, starting by just prayers of praise and worship and gratitude. So again, Lord, I'm so glad that you are my. And if well, Father, we thank you this morning.
Lord, as each one of us prays, and some of us may even be mid-sentence, that you can finish those sentences for us, and that's just fine. But, Father, we're grateful that all these things, even just this small group of us here this morning, Lord, that each of the things that we've said is true. Each prayer that was prayed, Lord, uh, was heard by you personally. You delight in the prayers of your people. And, Lord, we love the sound of just hearing your people seek you together out loud in prayer. Father, I thank you just as I look at that screen. Lord, the, the word that leapt out to me is keeper. God is my keeper. And, Lord, we thank you that once we have been kept by you, we are kept forever. Once we have been saved, we are saved forever. Lord, as we come out of one year and into another, your keeping power, your compassion, it, it doesn't change and it never fails. And we are so, so glad to belong to you. And what I want to invite you to do, you can just stay right where you are. and We're just going to do this again for two or three minutes. But again, our rhythm of prayer is, is worship and then response. God is worthy and then we are needy or we have our requests. I just want to pivot about 180 degrees and as we think about the year ahead, and there it is, the prompt, you can again start and finish with these words, however you see fit. But in the year ahead, I want to be known as yours. I want to be seen, I want to be known as yours. Think about the people, again, I just talked to you about identity. Think about the people you're going to be spending time with, the people you'll be interacting with, not just the chance encounters, but the day in, day out, the people who are going to get to see you as you really are, right? You say, no, I don't like to think about that. But it's going to be, that's the way it is, and it's just real. And if you want to be known in the company of those people, those family, those coworkers, those classmates, those friends, as a follower of Jesus, this is your opportunity to say so. Just, Lord, in the year ahead, I want to be known as yours because. I want to be known as yours so that. I want to be known as yours in the eyes of. That is, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus in me. So again, let's take two or three minutes at the most. And as you, your heart is prompted, just start and finish that prayer and then we'll be done and continue with our service. But let's go to him now again. So, you know, maybe as you're sitting here this morning, you're part of this, you're observing this, the thought running through your head is, why are we doing this? Or maybe as our guest this morning, you're thinking, why are they doing this? And, and, and I don't mean it in any way other than with 100% sincerity, and I would say, why not? You know, why wouldn't we if this is true, our identity in Christ, that we are His and that He is ours, that we have been identified with the message and the messenger and the mission of the Son of God and the Savior of the world, if we belong to Him, why wouldn't we take an opportunity to talk to Him together? And I know that it's a little bit awkward and a little bit maybe uncomfortable, and for some of you it's just a great joy and you wish we were going to do this for the next half hour and there's a lot of, a lot of things to please here, but, but why not? Why wouldn't we talk to the one we've come to worship this morning especially since we know that he is listening. And so, Father, we do. We praise you for the gift of prayer, conversation with the Almighty, talking with our Father. And, Father, I thank you for the love for you that is in this room. I thank you for the love for you that is in these hearts. And I thank you for the, the love that the three from our church who are about to, to confess and declare before us, Lord, I thank you for those stories we're about to hear. And we're going to be reminded once again of the old, old story in a fresh new way. And Father, I, I praise you for that. And I pray for the three of them right now that you would fill their hearts with great confidence, assurance, joy. Father, remove all sense of, 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 of anxiety, of, of standing in front of people, but I'll, I'll give them a holy boldness to proclaim what you have done for them in whatever simple words or complex they want to say and give each and every one of us, believer or not, ears to hear and hearts to rejoice 
in the good news of salvation. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.